and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, a magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. We're back with another episode. I'm ready to talk some Disney on this January day where it's it's cold and rainy, but it's better than having snow. I will say that. It's not as good as being in Disney right now, but at least it's not snowing. So that's what I have going on for me uh, before we get into anything, got to plug everything, Instagram and uh, TikTok. You can follow me, Disney World Today. It's all one word. Uh, making a push for 10,000 followers. Slowly but surely, we're going to get there. Uh, Instagram, my DMs there are, are always open. If you want to shoot me a message, if you want to stop by, say what's up. If you find something cool on the internet you want to send my way, if you have ideas, topic ideas, episode ideas, suggestions for the show, questions, concerns, anything like that, hit me up. I love talking with you guys. Um, speaking of which, I had a listener reach out uh, this past week. I want to give a shout out to Stephanie who reached out after listening to last week's episode. Last week's episode, um, we talked about Disney bucket lists and you know what was on my Disney bucket list, what's on your Disney bucket list. And uh, she reached out. I thought it was cool too. She reached out and she was saying how you know we had some similarities because she you know grew up uh, in Kentucky and you know went to Disney a lot with her family as a kid. And she was saying how we have to be around the same age based on you know how I was talking about uh, Disney during the year 2000. And uh, it's it's so cool to me uh, when I hear or speak to other like Disney fans who have such you know similar backgrounds when it comes to Disney. Like I I feel like there's a lot of us who grew up out of state, you know, we went to Disney, you know, on vacation with our families probably once a year, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people like me who during those winters were always wishing that they were in Florida. Um, So that was cool to see. And uh, she was also talking about how she was going to um, Alani at the end of the month, Disney's uh, Hawaiian resort. And, you know, that was one of my biggest bucket list items. So I thought that was pretty cool that we had that in common as well. So anything like that, if you want to stop by, say hi. If you like the show, you don't like the show, anything anything like that, feel free to uh, shoot me a message on Instagram. Like I mentioned, uh, last week's episode was all about Disney World bucket lists. Like, you know, we all, we all have bucket lists, I think. Whether if it's a physical list you actually write down or you know, maybe on your phone, on your notes app, or it's just something you just kind of think about from time to time. Like I have one in general, I kind of talked about, uh, you know, a lot of it involves like, you know, moving to Florida or, you know, sitting courtside at a Bulls game, you know, going to a a Cubs World Series game, you know, stuff like that. Um, But when it comes to Disney, I have like a, you know, my own specific list, you know, when it comes to Disney. And, you know, one of them I talked about was going to Alani in Hawaii. Um, you know, visiting a Disney park around the world, um, you know, staying at certain resorts, like that's all part of it. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of you guys can relate to that. You know, a lot of it comes from just those times being a kid, you know, going on, going on those family vacations once a year, we would come back and I would spend the next 11 months thinking about our next trip. I'd be in class, you know, sitting there in the back, doodling in the back of my, my, my notebook, writing down, you know, my favorite Disney rides. I would rank them. I'd write down like fake ideas for new rides and shows and, you know, stuff I wanted to do and just crazy stuff like that. And, you know, part of it would be like a Disney bucket list. Like the first one I ever, I remember ever kind of writing down and wanting to do was doing the four parks in one day. Um, You know, nowadays it's kind of become more popular and almost like an internet challenge, you know, the four parks one day challenge. But 
know, me and my family, I want to say we did that back, and I was probably in middle school, and I don't remember, you know, a lot of people talking about it, you know, it was a different time with social media and stuff, but it was just one of those things, like, I would sit in class and be like, I want to do all the parks in one day, just so I could tell my friends, hey, we did all four parks in one day, and we did, and, you know, it was a lot of fun, so that's kind of where, like, my, my bucket list when it comes to Disney all kind of started. If you haven't listened, it's available everywhere. The last, I feel like the last couple episodes have been pretty solid. You know, maybe I'm a little biased since I'm the creator of this podcast. But last week's episode, all about Disney bucket list. The episode before, if you feel like getting hungry, was uh, my top five Disney World breakfast. So if you haven't listened, uh, feel free to check those out. They're available literally everywhere. Now let's move on to this week's episode. I originally kind of mentioned last week that I, I wanted to do an episode on Orlando and non-park days and non-Disney days, but I decided to switch it up a little bit. Instead, we're going to get we're gonna get into, uh, this one's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be sad, emotional, funny, informative. We're going to be talking about Splash Mountain. I'm going to do the history of Disney's Splash Mountain because, well, as the time of recording this, I think we only have like five days left, maybe like seven days left, something like that until the uh, the attraction is gone forever. You know, they're replacing it at uh, Disney World, Disneyland. They're changing Splash Mountain to a Princess in the Frog-themed ride. So I figured with only a few days left, you know, why not get into it? Let's just do, you know, a background, a history of Disney Splash Mountain. Okay, here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. Splash Mountain. Like what? Just an absolute staple of Disney, Disney World, Disneyland. Like. I think it's one of those attractions that even if you've never been to Disney before in your life, you've probably heard of Splash Mountain, maybe seen it somewhere, you know of it. It's that iconic, in my opinion. It's one of the few iconic attractions that are like that, I believe. And the fact that it's coming to an end, that in a few days it will never exist ever again, it's just weird. It's weird to think about. And... This is going to also sound weird. If it wasn't for Splash Mountain, I don't know if I would have a podcast. I don't know if I would have a, a TikTok still. I definitely would not have you know, as big of a following. I don't know what would be going on. Um, and it's all because of Splash Mountain. Let me explain. So let's go back. A little, sto- little story time here. The year is 2020. COVID, lockdown, pandemic, all of that. You know, normally every year in July, I would go to Disney with my family. And, you know, I think at that point, I think Disney had just like reopened like in May or something like that. Disney was open, but it was too short notice. It was too, you know, too many restrictions with masks and traveling and the crowds and reservations and all that. And so we decided not to go to Disney, but we're like, yeah, you know what? What if we just like kind of go to the beach for a few days? What if we, you know, we went to, uh, you know, the Tampa area and just spent like a week in Tampa. So we get back and I have to go to work. And again, this is still like, you know, pretty peak 
pandemic and my work was pretty, I don't know, worried, I guess is the word I would use about me, you know, traveling and then coming back to work. And it's like, you know, do they, do they tell me to quarantine and stay home for two weeks? Well, I would, I would do that as long as you pay me, you know, and I don't think they wanted to do that. So instead their solution was to make me work, uh, like a late, like night shift instead of my normal day shift. So I get back from Florida and for two weeks I'm working, I think I was working from 4 p.m. to 1 a.m., I'm pretty sure. So, you know, I'm working, a few days go by, and being, you know, alone at work, try to kill some time. This was just when the Splash Mountain boat, the ride at Disney World, something happened to one of the boats, and it sank. The, you know, they had to evacuate people off the ride, and the, the log flume, the actual like log that you sit in, sank. And it went viral on Twitter. You know, everyone was talking about it. I'm at work. I'm alone. I'm trying to kill time. I have a TikTok. I don't, I, I think I'd uploaded maybe like three videos. I have my Disney Instagram, which at the time I would only just kind of just post pictures of my trips with like a thousand hashtags and it would get like 14 likes. So I'm at work and I, and I see the Splash Mountain you know, stuff on Twitter and, and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that's, oh, that's crazy. And I'm, and I'm on TikTok, and I'm watching a video and the Titanic song. Um, my heart will go on is playing in the video. So I'm like, Hey, you know what? I kind of have an idea. I feel like making a video. So I made a TikTok with the green screen of the, <laughs> the green screen background was the actual, uh, splash mountain boat sinking. I used the green screen to make it look like I was sitting in the boat and then, like the caption was basically like me refusing to get out of the Splash Mountain boat and just kind of going down with the ship type of thing with the Titanic music playing in the background. I thought it was pretty funny, pretty creative. It took me like, I don't know, 15 minutes to kind of come up with it and edit it and all that stuff. Not Nothing too crazy. The, the TikTok blows up. Just absolutely blows up instantly. I think it got a few hundred thousand views on TikTok. I then posted it on my Instagram. I got like, I don't know, 20,000 something views on my Instagram. And from that moment, I decided to try and make funny Disney related TikToks and reels and Instagram posts. Like from that, that video alone, like I said, I think I had a TikTok. I messed around with making some videos, didn't really know what I was doing. I would just kind of post videos and pictures and they wouldn't get that many views. You know, it wasn't really anything that video is what kind of brought me to this point. I would not have started a podcast if, you know, my TikTok and Instagram didn't kind of blow up and give me the confidence to kind of, you know, do all this. So that's one of the reasons why I have such an attachment to Splash Mountain. And two, I've talked about it a lot. You know, Splash Mountain was the attraction at Disney that pretty much my entire family rode together. Everyone, even, you know, when I was a kid, the nine of us would go and everyone rode it except grandma. She would sit back you know, and hold all of our bags and stuff. And we would all ride Splash Mountain together. You know, me, my sister, my parents, my aunt, my two cousins, and my grandpa, we'd all ride Splash Mountain. And some of my favorite family photos are the ride photos from Splash Mountain. And I think when you think of like an iconic ride, like it's probably the most iconic ride photo in Disney too, right? That's that's the one, that's the most iconic one. You can, there's memes of, you know, people doing funny stuff, 
you know, while riding Splash Mountain, like you see celebrities on Splash Mountain, like that's the most iconic ride photo as well. And those family memories of us, all of us riding it together, getting the family photo at the end, getting wet on the ride, like all of that, you know, and, you know, just is why Splash Mountain has played such a big role in like my Disney fandom and why, you know, I'm going to miss it. You know, Splash Mountain was the ride, um, every time, especially once I got older, like every time we rode it, like we would try to coordinate, like what we're all going to do for the photo. Like, are we going to do like a certain pose? Are we going to flex? Are we going to make a funny face? You know, even like, you know, when my buddy Brian came with us, uh, to Disney a couple of times, like that was the ride where like, we need to do something funny, um, for, for this ride photo. And over the last few days, you know, doing this podcast and with everything with Splash Mountain closing, uh, I was, me and my sister were like trying to dig up as many old Splash Mountain, you know, ride photos as possible. I found a few and uh, I'll post them on Instagram. There's, you know, some good family ones. There's some ones when we're older, we're all like flexing, showing off the muscles. There's ones me and Brian just being the crazy grown ass adult kids that we are. You know, we were like 24 years old, like making funny faces and stuff on Splash Mountain. Like those are the memories, you know, that'll make you you know, miss an attraction. And it's, and I made a TikTok not too long ago about um, the old version of Test Track, the ride at Epcot. And the TikTok, I, I basically was saying like, there's an entire generation or there'll, you know, there will be an entire generation that won't know what the original Test Track was. And that's what I was thinking about with Splash Mountain. In 10, 20 years, there's going to be a generation of kids of people who don't know what Splash Mountain is. They're going to know it as, you know, the princess and the frog ride. They're not going to know what Splash Mountain is. And, you know, maybe they'll recognize it, you know, from, you know, if maybe there's some like retro merchandise or maybe they'll remember, you know, hearing their parents talk about it. But there's going to be a generation that has no idea what Splash Mountain is. And that's just weird to think about. And I forgot to mention, too, like speaking of iconic um you know, Splash Mountain, one of my favorite um, TV shows of all time is Boy Meets World. And I think we, even not with just Boy Meets World, I think we can all agree that some of our favorite shows, like some of the best episodes are when they go to Disney World. Like it used to happen a lot more often in the 90s, I feel like. Like I know Boy Meets World, Roseanne, uh, Full House, like they would all have episodes where they go to Disney. And I think recently, I think maybe it was Modern Family, I think they went, but Back in the 90s, it was like a big deal, especially being a Disney kid when your favorite show or a popular show did an episode where they would go to Disney. Like that was must watch TV. And there's, a, I think, maybe two episodes, a two parter in Boy Meets World where they uh, they go to Disney. And there's a, an iconic scene where Corey and Sean sleep overnight uh, in the Splash Mountain boats. Um, and then, you know, they end up, you know, getting stuck on them and end up going on the ride in the big drop and stuff. And that's like, one of my favorite, you know, iconic Boy Meets World moments in general. So that was pretty cool. I, I had to make sure I mentioned that as well. So I figured, you know, we kind of talked about why, you know, I'm so attached to Splash Mountain and what it kind of means to me. So I just want to do a little history of Splash Mountain. And at the end of the episode, um, we'll hear from you guys. I asked you guys on Instagram, what's your favorite Splash Mountain memory? And uh, we'll go over those at the end. But first, want to go over just, you know, kind of you know, might as well give a little background, a little history, a little information, you know, about one of our favorite rides. So Splash Mountain is at three of the Disney parks. It's at Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, and of course the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. And it's based on the 1946 Disney movie, 
Song of the South, where you know this plays a big role in, in you know Splash Mountain getting changed here. It opened in Disneyland in 1989, and then it opened at Tokyo Disneyland and uh, Disney World in early October of 1992. Which is also weird to think about because I feel like it's one of the attractions you just kind of assumed has been there forever. Like it's weird to think about that, it, you know, especially in Disney World. Like it only opened in 1992. Like I know I was only two years old then, uh, but my first Disney trip was in, you know, August of that year. So technically, I was at Disney when Splash Mountain wasn't even there. Like it's it that's just weird. It just feels like it's been there forever. It's hard to picture Frontierland without splash mountain there you know like what was there before was it just empty you know was that bridge still there like all of that stuff it's just weird to think about um i, I guess that i guess that plays a role too and you know how iconic it really is so i guess too for anyone who hasn't been uh to disney and doesn't you know know what splash mountain is it's basically it's a it's a water ride where you ride like in this uh this big like log flume and um you know, it's got some cute animatronics and some music and some songs, like different animal animatronics. And the, you know, what it's known for is the big drop kind of towards the end of the ride. It's a 52-foot drop. And when you drop, it's like on the outside. So, like, there's like a viewing area, like on the bridge. Like, you can see, you know, the people as they ride, you know, go down this giant drop. And it was based, like I said, based on the 1946 movie song of the south and that's where the controversy kind of comes into play um there was a series of like stories there um back then in the 40s maybe even a little earlier um they were called the uncle remus stories and the kind of plot of the song of the south uh revolves around um a man named uncle remus who works on a plantation down in georgia and the plantation owner's grandson i believe is a seven-year-old and Uncle Remus tells these, you know, fascinating stories to the seven-year-old. And the stories are about these characters, Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Bear, Br'er Fox. And they all kind of live and stuff on the in this, like, briar patch. The movie takes place, um, like, right after the Civil War. Um, and it's, like, kind of like a combination of live action and animation. Kind of similar to, like, Mary Poppins. So it was kind of like... You know ahead of its time back then when it was released and one of the songs zippity doodah you know again iconic song from the attraction even people who probably haven't been to disney know the song zippity doodah um that's from the movie song of the south and that song actually won the academy award for best original song um i believe the character or the actor who played uncle remus um won an award as well or was nominated i'm not too sure you know this is back you know in the in the 40s and obviously here this is where the controversy kind of comes into play you know and why it's getting changed all these years later you know the movie takes place on a plantation you know with the the uncle remus character and it's obviously a a a tough topic to kind of get into and especially to make a movie about it. And, to, and, you know, nowadays movies like that would never, you know, be made. And, you know, Disney has kind of done its best to, to erase it from existence. Uh, it's never been released on home video, Disney Plus, VHS, none of that. It's never been released. Um, 
which is actually pretty surprising considering like I, yeah, I guess we'll get into it, but like, you know, I've personally, I didn't know about this movie until like I was probably in my late teens, early twenties. Um, so Disney, you know, in my opinion has done, has done a good job of, you know, pretending like it didn't exist, which maybe, you know, that's ignorant by them, but it's tough. Like, what are they supposed to do? But it's never been released. No, there, it, it was released, I think in other countries or like clips of the movie have been released. So you, if you search for it, you know, you can find it. And there's, it's been, you know, kind of the topic of controversy for years, all the way back, um, when they were developing the attraction in the eighties, you know, they were kind of, you know, kind of, um, announcing it and saying it would be based off Song of the South and, you know, Disney, um, uh, reps even said back then, like they weren't expecting it, you know, to, to be like a cause of controversy because it wasn't, you know, going to be based off the entire movie itself, just like the song and the animals, you know, the Br'er Fox, Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Bear, like those characters. So they were kind of conscious of it, you know, back then. The ride was originally developed by the famous Imagineer you've probably heard of, Tony Baxter, in 1983. And, you know, Tony Baxter is responsible for some of the most iconic and popular Disney attractions of all time. And I'm sure when he was developing this, he did not want to cause trouble, stir anything up, you know, anything with controversy. He looked at Song of the South probably back then, like as a, you know, a movie that was ahead of its time with the live action and animation. And also the song Zippity Doodah was an iconic song. It won best, you know, best original song. It was popular. The the characters, the Br'er Rabbit, the Br'er Bear, Br'er Fox, the Briar Patch was all popular. Um, so that's what he was going for. And it was originally going to be called Zippity River Run. Um, this is pretty interesting. I remember hearing about this fact. Um, I forget where, but I, I heard about it a while back. And I thought it was it was funny. It was going to be called Zippity River Run. But at the time, the CEO of Disney was Michael Eisner. And he wanted an attraction to help promote and market the movie that had just been released uh, by Disney called Splash, uh, the the movie starring Tom Hanks and is it Daryl Hannah, I believe. I think she's like a mermaid. It was one of those like Disney slash Touchstone pictures, and he wanted to kind of help promote it and market it, and he wanted an attraction based off that movie. And, you know, Tony Baxter, the other Imagineers, realized like, okay, we can't make a movie, we can't make a ride about this Tom Hanks movie with a mermaid. You know, especially at the time, like anything they were doing in the parks was probably going to be more like animation related anyway. But we need to appease the boss. Let's just call this ride that we're already working on. We'll call it Splash Mountain as a tribute and to kind of just make the boss happy. And I just think that's hilarious that that movie uh, is the reason, you know, why, you know, we know it as Splash Mountain. The budget for this attraction when it first you know, it was being developed back in um, the 80s, uh, 1987. They were kind of already working on it. And this was going to be, you know, for Disneyland first. The budget at one point was $75 million. This is in 1987. $75 million. Like, it cost like uh, a third of that, maybe a quarter of that, to build Disneyland just 20 years prior or 30 years prior. Uh, which is crazy to think about. And it kept going over budget as well. So much so 
that they closed down an attraction at Disneyland that was called America Sings. And I think part of the reason why they closed it was to take out and use all the animatronic, like animal characters and move them to Splash Mountain, which is pretty funny. Like I said, it opened uh, at Disneyland first in 1989. I don't think they had a Frontierland back then. I don't think it was called Frontierland. I don't know if they have that now. I think it was called Critter Country. And like really the only other thing they had there was the Country Bear Jamboree. So this was a big deal. This was a, you know, a thrill ride, a water ride, big drop, you know, and here it is, you know, based off the movie <laughs> with Tom Hanks. Uh, and here it is coming to Disneyland. And uh, to celebrate the Disneyland opening, they created a TV special called Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain. And if you're a 90s kid or around my, my era, the Ernest Goes to movies were, were amazing. They were great. There were so many of them. And I, I don't know if they were like all straight to video or uh, all straight to like Disney Channel, but it just seemed like there were so many for like every occasion. There was like Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Goes, you know, something, Ernest Saves Christmas, I believe was another one. The fact that they created one, you know, just to, to celebrate, uh, you know, the opening of Splash Mountain, I think is absolutely brilliant. Ernest uh, goes to Splash Mountain. I've never seen this, and I have to assume it's on YouTube, and it should be on Disney+. Plus. If it's not on Disney+, Plus, I'm going to write them an angry email, because like that's the stuff that we want to see, you know, on Disney+. Plus. And um, if you're not familiar with those movies, uh, give it a quick Google search. Jim Varney uh, was the actor that played Ernest. Uh, you guys, if you don't know him from that, he did the voice of RC in the, uh, or uh, Slinky Dog, I'm sorry, Slinky Dog in the uh, Toy Story movies. So it's been a staple at Disneyland ever since, and that one um, is also changing to uh, Princess and the Frog. In 1990, it was announced at Walt Disney World that it would be coming to their Frontierland, and it ended up opening in October of 1992. By this point, they kind of knew how to build it, and uh, they didn't have to go over budget too much, and they were able to you know, create all the animatronics for it and not have to steal it uh, from other attractions. And the one at Disney World, one of the reasons why um, I think it's one of the best rides at Disney, it's 11 minutes and 45 seconds long. This is a long ride. Like this is one of those rides how I always kind of, you know, describe it to people. This is a ride you get your money's worth. You really do. It's it's a 12-minute ride. It has five drops total, you know, with the one obviously big one, the 52-foot drop. You know, but it it also has obviously four other drops, you know. Two of them are absolutely tiny. There's like another, you know, a couple medium-sized ones and you get your money's worth. It's long has the thrilling drop, has the small kind of surprising drops. It has cute animatronics. It has iconic music that makes you want to sing along. It's a water ride. It looks cool. It sounds cool. All of that, you know, is what kind of, you know, makes Splash Mountain great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think Splash Mountain always did a great job of, you know, storytelling and theming. You know, they they told the story, you know, of this 
character, Br'er Rabbit and his troubles and, you know, getting into trouble and being chased by Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear and all their shenanigans. And it does a great job, you know, of showing that and how, like, you know, in the end, Br'er Rabbit, you know, has the last laugh. There's, you know, the iconic song Zippity Doodah, but also Laughing Place is a uh, is an iconic song as well. You know, some of the the scenes of, of the ride, you know, the Laughing Place um, kind of uh, scene where you're going up the big lift about to, you know, have the giant drop. There's the two, are they crows or ravens kind of, you know, perched above you saying how they're going to show you a laughing place. Very ominous, very eerie. Um, it just does a great job of storytelling. And it was back in June of 2020 when it was finally announced that it would be going through a big retheming and it would be getting changed and rethemed to a Princess and the Frog attraction. And I remember, yeah, it was June and I remember things were still kind of weird. You know, I have, you know, some friends and stuff um, that told me that, you know, because of COVID and the, you know, Disney shutting down that, you know, maybe those plans would be scrapped because it's going to be a pretty decent sized overhaul. You know, they're going to have to spend some money. Um, and with it being such a popular ride, there was obviously backlash of, you know, Disney fans who didn't want it to change. Um, so I was kind of hearing things back and forth that it wasn't a for sure thing that it was going to change. And it kind of seemed that way for a while, like didn't really hear much, didn't really hear much. And then all of a sudden, you know, Disney kind of came out and said, yep, it's closing on January 23rd of 2023. That's it. You know, it's going to get rethemed. And, you know, my whole thing, obviously, I've told you guys like how I feel about the attraction. I obviously love it. The memories, it's the personal memories that kind of do it for me. The ride itself, like, isn't isn't going to change, you know, and I think that's what a lot of people like don't understand. Like, I, I get it. It's going to be the same ride. It's just like those memories and stuff of it being Splash Mountain, like I don't think those will ever be replaced. And, you know, Disney nowadays, they're trying to turn everything into intellectual property. They want to make every single attraction, every show, every resort, every restaurant, they want it all to be themed after either Disney movies or Disney characters. And that's what was kind of nice about Splash Mountain. Like, I, I get it. It was it was based off of a movie from the 40s. But like this, I kind of alluded to this before, like to me, Splash Mountain wasn't based off of a movie. To me, Splash Mountain was an original attraction at Disney. And I think there's a lot of kids and a lot of people who are kind of, who are kind of, you know, feeling the same way. Like if you like, I know there's some of you guys out there, like as a kid, I didn't know what Song of the South was. I didn't know about any of that. I knew Splash Mountain as the ride. You know, I knew every other Disney movie. I knew the Lion King and Aladdin. If it was based off of those, I would have known. Oh, oh, this is you know based off the movie. But to me, Splash Mountain was an original attraction, and that's how I always saw it. You know, I think there's a lot of us that kind of saw it like that too. So that's why when they announced it, it's kind of like oh, you know I get it, I really do. But you know, I just wish that they would. Oh, I wish they would have just built a new Princess and the Frog attraction. I hate that, you know, a lot of times in order for Disney to, you know, open a new ride or a new show or a new attraction, like it involves them closing, you know, an already, you know, popular attraction. Like Hollywood Studios is a perfect example. We're going to give you Star Wars Land. We're going to give you Mickey's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Oh, but to do these things, 
you know, we're going to tear down the back lot. The back lot tour is going away. The stunt show is going away. Oh, and uh, uh, one of your favorite rides, the great movie ride, that's going away too, you know. Magic Kingdom, oh, we're going to give, a, a, you know, a Princess and the Frog attraction, but we're going to take away Splash, Mo Splash Mountain in order to give you that. Like, that's what bothers me. Like, Princess and the Frog, I've always liked it because of, like, the New Orleans vibes to it. I always, I always like that kind of stuff. And I feel like it would have made, like, for a great, like, dark ride or, a, you know, one of those classic Disney dark rides with animatronics and songs. You could tell the story, you know, the movie, kind of similar to the Little Mermaid attraction at the Magic Kingdom. Um, I'm not too sure how they're going to make this fit into the, you know, the Splash Mountain kind of ride layout. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, a dark ride, I think, would have been pretty cool. And the thing is, too, like, Princess and the Frog, like, I, I want to say it came out in like 2008 or 9 and I feel like it was always kind of overlooked or maybe that's just me because I've talked about it on previous episodes like there's a stretch there in the you know early to late 2000s where I kind of drifted out of Disney movies especially in the late 2000s like I'm 2009 I'm 19 years old I'm in college I really wasn't paying attention to the Disney animated movies that were coming out and I've mentioned it before that the movie that kind of saved me and brought me back was Tangled that I saw a few years later. So when Princess and the Frog comes out, I didn't see it. I didn't really hear about it. So I never really got super attached to it. And it, it seems like one of those movies that's not like mainstream like a lot of the other classic Disney movies. You know, like look at Lion King, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Like those are from the early 90s and are still as popular today in you know, merchandise and, and apparel and, you know, uh, just rewatching the movies. Like those are on TV more. Those are, you know, watched more on Disney plus all the DVDs. Like those are still more popular than movies from the late two thousands, like princess and the frog. So it's weird that that's the movie that they, they went with to replace this iconic ride. And I guess, you know, the new Orleans vibes, the Bayou, I think that, I guess that's probably why it plays a role in it. It'll, you know, they'll make it fit. It's just, I just wish they would have just created a new ride and, and kept Splash Mountain. That's pretty much all I have for the kind of history and background uh, on the ride itself. And just to talk more about just personally why I'm so attached to it. You know, Splash Mountain, I, I think a lot of you guys can relate to this too. Like Splash Mountain to me was the ride, especially once I got older. Like it's summer, I'm at the Magic Kingdom. It's, you know, late at night and we're in Frontierland and we're riding Splash Mountain and Thunder Mountain, you know, five times in a row because there's no wait. Everyone's either watching, you know, Wishes by the Castle or watching the parade. Me and my sister or me and my, my wife or me and my mom, like we're running, you know, up and down the line, you know, to, to ride it as many times as possible. Like that was our plan for the longest time, like Thunder Mountain and Splash Mountain. We didn't, you know, ride it during the day unless we, we we were able to get a fast pass. You know, we would just wait till, you know, the 10 o'clock parade or the 10 o'clock fireworks, head over to the Frontierland. And you could ride, we would ride Splash Mountain, then we'd ride Thunder Mountain. Then we'd run back to Splash Mountain, then run back to Thunder Mountain. And it, like, it was so perfect. I remember distinctly in 2008, you know, one of my favorite trips, my buddy Brian comes with. You know, he had never been to Disney before. So, you know, we're trying to ride all the all the rides as many times as possible. I remember we probably did Splash Mountain three times in a row. And I remember we would get off the ride and we would sprint 
back in line and we were jumping the ropes, you know, to, to try to get to the front, you know, as quick as possible. And I remember, uh, I remember getting some good ride photos and some good on ride photos too. Like, um, there's, you know, pictures of us, like my sister got, like we were in the front row and, you know, she took pictures from behind and there's a scene. I think, uh, we all know this part of the ride too, like kind of towards the end when the boats start to back up and on the right side, your boat always seems to get stuck in front of it is like that little rock waterfall in the, and the water splashes off the rocks and splashes you if you're sitting in the right spot. And I remember we were stuck there and my buddy, Brian, like, you know, takes his hand and touches one of the rocks and just points to it and says, this is my, like, this is my favorite rock right here. This is my favorite rock. And we all just kind of laugh, like as dumb as that is. And then over the intercom, like instantly he goes, uh, please keep your hands inside the vehicle. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those small things that my family to this day, when we pass it, you know, my, even like my sister, I'll be like, Hey, that was Brian's favorite rock. So when I think of Splash Mountain, I can just close my eyes and picture those warm summer nights. You're waiting in line, the cool air conditioning in certain spots. You know, you're just about to get in the boats. Like there's no like roof over the loading area. You can see the stars. If you time it right when you're riding on it, you can see the fireworks. Like you have such, you know, amazing views from the ride itself. And like those are the memories I always think of. And like Splash Mountain too. It's one of those, like, I'll always have those memories. And it's it's one of those things, like, even when it changes to, you know, Princess and the Frog, um, I'm not sure what the actual name is. I think I'm just always going to call it, you know, Splash Mountain. It's just ingrained in my DNA. Like, you know, kind of how we still call uh, Hollywood Studios MGM Studios or we call Disney Springs Downtown Disney. That's always going to be Splash Mountain to me. So we heard about me and my, you know, personal attachment to Splash Mountain and my personal stories and stuff, a little bit of history, a little ba background on it as well. So now let's hear from you guys. I asked you guys on Instagram, what's your favorite memory about Splash Mountain? Starting us off here, Mililo29 said, first time riding it with my sister after years of convincing when we were kids. Yeah, that that first time, it's probably took, you know, some convincing, especially kind of back in the day, like... You know, nowadays, like, there's crazy coasters and thrill rides everywhere. But back in the day, like, Splash Mountain with the big drop, like, that was that was thrilling. Like, that was intimidating. Even now, like, it's like, you can feel, like, the G-force. I think you, you end up going, like, 45 miles per hour, like, on that drop. So definitely, uh, definitely had to take some convincing for my sister as well. Uh, this next one from Foster underscore Care. When I was 14, a friend threw my shoe into the boat at the end. I hope it's still there. Moment of silence, please, for Foster Care's shoe. Thank you very much. I hope you found your shoe. Uh, this next one from Robert Tarasuk. I was on FaceTime with my cousins going down the final drop. That had to be pretty cool. That's a more recent one you know, with, with FaceTime. I know back in the day, we would always try to sneak a picture at the very top, like right before the drop. And it was always tough to do because with a flash camera, that wasn't happening. Um, you know, with my flip phone camera, I remember trying a couple times. I remember like the first time my mom like screaming at me because I'm pulling out my phone right before we go on this giant drop. Uh, but now with, you know, GoPros and waterproof cases and iPhones, like it's a little easier uh, to get that good view or in your case, you know, get a little FaceTime action here. Darth Dagan said getting soaked the first time I went on with my husband on our first Disney trip. See, those, you know, those are the memories. You know, it's nothing crazy, nothing super fancy, just going on Splash Mountain, 
you know, getting soaked, probably looking at each other like, you know, just looking at each other and laughing. Like, that happens a lot. Like, after the giant drop, you get soaked and you just kind of look at everyone, you know, in your party or whoever you're sitting with and just you just laugh. Uh, Amanda Mateo said iconic music. Yeah, the, the music, definitely iconic. zippity doo Again, everyone knows that song. Everyone knows that song. Lizzie Fox, 2104 said during mickey's very merry christmas party i wrote it with my family three times and we watched the fireworks on it that's pretty cool watching the fireworks you know from splash Mountain. like i said if you were lucky enough to kind of time it right you can get some uh, pretty cool views from up there rad ruby 89 says it always being my family's first ride get on the train get off and do splash mountain great kickoff that's see that's a cool tradition i like that like having like a set like first ride we didn't really, really have that. We never really did. So that's, you know, that's a, that's a tradition I think is pretty cool. I'd like to have something like that, especially like you had it down. Like we're not walking <laughs> to Frontierland. We're getting on the train. We're riding, you know, the, the Disney World Railroad over to Frontierland. We're getting off and we're doing Splash Mountain. That's great. Yeah, ex- except for being soaked and then having to walk around like that. This next one's from Graceful18. Being the last ride at 11.55 on a Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party night. All the cast members got into ride when we got done. That's pretty cool. Like, that's always... I always like getting on the rides, like, right before the park closes, too. Like, I, I'm I'm sure the cast members maybe hate it a little bit, you know, because they want to, you know, get out of there as quick as possible. But getting on, like, right before the park closes, like, the, the vibes were always a little different. Especially, like, there's a stretch there with, like, me and my cousins... We would always try to ride like rock and roller coaster like at night, like right before it closed. And I swear it was always like a party scene, or at least that's what it seemed like to a fourteen-year-old Kevin. Um, but that's cool. You got you got to see all the cast members get in and uh, ride it when you got done. Like I wonder if that was like a nightly like kind of ritual that they had. This next one's from Under a Tooth. Early two thousands e ride night, no lines. Cast member let us just stay on and re ride over and over. Wow, that's a throwback. First of all, the two uh, thousands e ride night. Uh, that's something I feel like is just ancient history at, at this point. And the fact that they let you stay on and rewrite over and over, like I feel like that never happens anymore. And it only happened to me a few times as a kid. It actually happened to my wife over the summer on her bachelorette party at Space Mountain. They let her rewrite again, which I thought was pretty cool. So it, it just seems so rare nowadays, but that would be cool. Just let me experience the early 2000s either extra magic hours or e-ride night just one last time like <laughs> that's all i want uh this next one from s n evar mom uh sorry if i butchered that name riding with my kids for their first times we have so many wonderful memories that see those that's the stuff that can't be replaced i know it's just a, an attraction i know it's still gonna be there but the fact that it was splash mountain and you took them on for the first time, they probably got soaking wet and were laughing the entire time. And, you know, you can't really just replace those memories. This next one from Eros South uh, said, after you drop, getting stuck in line when your log is headed back and to your right is the drop. So when another log comes down, you get the residual splash from that log. The last few times I've been on it, it hasn't happened. So I wonder if that was an extra water feature they shut off. I know exactly... Um, the part of the ride that you're talking about. There's a there's a couple points like that too. There's that point in the ride before you drop, kind of towards the beginning. You're on the outside and you're kind of wrapping around the kind of big drop area, and you're about to go up. 
you know, like, like that uh, conveyor belt and you see the log like fly past you, you just you assume you're going to get soaked. And I do think that they changed like the water cannons because when I was a kid, you definitely got splashed more and people standing on the bridge would, would get kind of splashed by water as well. And that part after the drop, you know, you would maybe get uh, some water as well. So I do think, you know, they made some changes to that, probably just to maybe save water or like certain features kept breaking, I'm sure, something like that. This next memory uh, is from Adventures of Max and Greg. Being the last boat out of the station before they closed the ride due to bad weather. It was more than just a July storm. This was rough. We get to the top of the lift hill and the largest bolt of lightning that I've ever seen goes across the sky and lights up the entire park. It was night, but that lightning lit it up, lit up the whole park as if it was the middle of the day. The second was being stuck at the top of the lift hill during wishes. Watch most of the show from there. So those are some, some pretty legit memories. Like, I don't know about you, Greg, but like, I, I love Disney storms. I absolutely love Disney storms. So the fact uh, that you were kind of stuck on Splash Mountain during a storm, or not stuck, but like riding it during a storm, it is pretty cool to me. It reminds me one time, um, me and my mom went on Primeval World, Animal Kingdom, and you know it's like one of those Florida storms is, is about to roll in. We're waiting in line. It's nothing's raining. You know nothing's happening, and we as soon as we sit down and get locked in in our car. You could just see and hear the absolute downpour. And me and my mom just kind of looked at each other as the ride slowly taking us out from underneath the covered area. We're about to be, you know, in the elements. And we just looked at each other. We just, like, our eyes just got wide. And we just started laughing as soon as we got out. We got absolutely soaked kind of riding in, you know, a downpour like that. And, oh, also being stuck at the top during wishes, like, what a place to get stuck at. Like that that probably was pretty rare for that to happen. And the fact that it was a long enough kind of, you know, stoppage that you were able to watch most of the show, like it sucks that you're, you know, you're stuck on the ride, but you know, think about that memory, being able to watch wishes from up there. And this last one is from NJC6. Made a last minute trip to ride it one last time last week. And I gotta say, pretty jealous of that. You know, I again to relate it to TikTok, I made a TikTok. You know, maybe like two months ago, and it was like a sad song playing, and it was me. And it's basically when you realize that you've probably ridden Splash Mountain for the last time. Like the last time I rode Splash Mountain, I probably didn't think it was going to be the last time that I was riding Splash Mountain, you know? And I wish I would have been able to get one last trip in to ride it. To, I mean, honestly, I would have taken so many different pictures and videos just to have it, you know, whether it's for my Instagram or TikTok or, you know, just me personally. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss it. I wish I could have gotten, you know, one last trip in to ride it, you know, one last time. That's all I got. Thank you guys for participating and sending in your favorite Splash Mountain memories. I know it's a weird thing, you know, memories about a, a ride, but, you know, I think Splash Mountain kind of deserves it. It's not just some random ride. It's, you know, an iconic one. So thank you guys for participating. Another, you know, good reason for uh, following me on Instagram um, I, I like to kind of include you guys as much as possible in these shows by asking you guys questions and for your input as well. That pretty much wraps up this episode, this kind of um, almost like a tribute show to uh, Splash Mountain. I don't know if I should label it the history of Splash Mountain or a tribute to Splash Mountain. I'm not sure yet. We're gonna have to, it's going to be a, 
a uh, kind of game time decision there. But I do know that as soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to hop on eBay and uh, look up some retro Splash Mountain stuff because I'm sure the prices on that stuff are already going up. And when it closes, it's going to go up even more. So if you're interested in doing something like that as well, I would uh, hop on that as quickly as possible. You know, the, the stuff I'm getting, I'm not looking to like resell it for value or anything like that. Like I just wanted to have, you know, I have a couple Splash Mountain shirts. I think the Splash Mountain stuff was always pretty cool, all, especially all like the retro stuff back in the day. Like I wish I still had some of those shirts and I wish they still fit me. Uh, the stuff with like Br'er Rabbit and the Briar Patch and, you know, a lot of it, I think they had like I Survive Splash Mountain type stuff. So pretty iconic stuff. I'm going to miss it. I know you guys will as well. And, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking with me and listening to this episode. You guys are the best. Uh, again, wherever you're listening to this, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating and a review. If you leave me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Um, like I always say, my DMs are always open. If you want to chat, if you want to send me a message, if you have ideas or suggestions for the show, you know, one of the, uh, one of the show topics or one of the episodes in the next couple of weeks is going to be another uh, submission sent in from one of you guys. So I'm, I'm, my ears are always open. So hit me up on there. Uh, follow me on TikTok as well. Help me get to 10,000 followers. That's all I got. This pretty much wraps up this week's episode. I hope I could uh, make your day go by a little quicker, maybe provide you with a little Disney magic. I know when I'm stuck in traffic or trying to kill time at work or need to vent or unwind or you know make the treadmill time go faster, I know a lot of times I'm pulling up something Disney related, whether it's a podcast or park music. So I hope I can just provide that to you as well. That's all I got, guys. I hope you have a, a great rest of the week. Have a good weekend. And uh, hopefully you guys were able to uh, ride Splash Mountain one last time. If you haven't ridden it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you just listened to this entire episode without having any idea what Splash Mountain is, just head on over to YouTube. It's just as good. So that's all I got. Always remember, it all started with a mouse.